Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey here to tell you that this is a rebroadcast. So take Paul Harvey's advice when you hear a telephone number. Please don't call. Now let's listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> Paul Harvey, good day. The following has been rated PG by the Motion Picture Industries rating system. Parents may consider that some of the program content may be unsuitable for children. Parental guidance is therefore suggested. Stand by to receive our transmission. Whoa, well, hey there. Hold there. Hi there. It's me. It's me. It's BK on the air here. You're listening to AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Stream us live from our website, wbhfradio.org, or download the TuneIn app or the Radio Garden app, and you can hear us anywhere you happen to be. You could be in a coal mine somewhere, you know, a coal miner's daughter trapped down in a coal mine or way up in the stratosphere or another planet or another universe. As long as you got that signal connected here somehow through some sort of trans-dimensional beam where you can stay connected. I mean, it's like, uh, what, what do they call it in Star Trek? It's uh, it's in, it's uh, interplanetary communications or whatever. That's why they can radio Starfleet from the from the Enterprise and get an answer back, you know, in a few hours or something like that. If you still got that connection, you can hear us, yep. right? Alan Sanders is here. Good you know, no matter where we are. Yeah. No matter where it. we are, there you are. There, there I, I am. Well, how's it go? <laughs> I love being able to stream. Uh, how many times have we both been on vacation? We've been somewhere in a different state, and we're still pu- tuning in in the morning just to kind of say, how does it what sound is, when I'm what not What does that there? say about us if we got nothing better to do? We're on vacation away from the place, and we still listen to the place. Generally, when I've had Walt fill in, I'm listening because I know a problem's coming, and I'm about to get a oh, phone call. Oh, and he's getting better. <laughs> he's getting much better at that. He does it better well, than I do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's true. Well, I mean, he really does, because he's, he's, he's learned yeah, the thing. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I mentioned somebody who I don't know if he exists anymore. Oh, now, wait. Here we go. (laughs) I believe he's in the ether now. (laughs) Is he in suspended animation or something? He's... He's he's going to be thought out. I mean, he's around. He's there, but hey, I don't talk, ever stop see talking. Him. He's not around anymore. He lost weight. It's like the oh, well, he has. Why lost did you say he did? We're proud of no, him. I'm it's, around. It's, I mean, ether like you know the air. He's, right. He's still there. He's around. He is. Yeah. I just never see it. <laughs> I'm I'm glad we're here. We, we love what we do. We cannot wait to get here to flip that switch on and prop that chair up against the door so nobody can throw us off the air. We always have to do that. And once we're done, we take the chair away from the door so we can leave. We don't really care anymore. And at that point, they've forgotten about it. So until next week, well, they have it, a short memory. It, it, yeah, the whole week goes by. Whatever got them all ginned oh, up, like they forgot it. it. And then they remind themselves, oh, that's why I don't <laughs> yeah. want them. I do want to remind everybody that I do turn the show into a podcast, and I don't do any work. I feel guilty when some people do a lot of work, you know, putting a podcast together, recording it from scratch, and and going, oh man, I, I put that podcast together, make sure it sounds good, and I had the guests on, and put a lot of work in it. All I do is take the show when I get off the air, pull all the local commercials out of it, because someone in you know Canada or Germany doesn't care much about hearing what's going on here locally, and I understand that people locally uh, want to know what's going on, but I take all that out, but I replace it with old commercials from the old days and jingle that you remember and sound effects and and stupid sound bites and stuff like that when we say something i kind of polish it up and make it a little more nostalgically geeky goofy so and you can hear it uh, so if you if you got uh, and by the way two two podcast platforms merge there is no longer no there's no longer any anchor fm anchor's gone anchor was gobbled up by um spotify by spotify so now it's spotify pod podcaster is what that's thing i'm still on spotify and now spotify podcaster and SoundCloud and YouTube. I do have the YouTube channel. So there's still kind of four ways to hear the show you know, on the on the podcast. If you miss the show, you can hear the podcast in those locations. For me, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm a, I use a different um, service, so that way I, I control my content. But 
I have started sharing Spotify pretty consistently as the one link. So it goes, where can I get your show? Right. Because you don't have to be a member of Spotify. You don't have to have right. an account. You can just click on and start listening. And I like that. And it's so simple. Most people have the Spotify app now. Yep. So it just makes it easier to share the one link versus, yeah. well, you can go to Stitcher. You can go to Podcatch Addict. You can go to Podcatch. You know, yeah. just. And the thing is, I used to say Apple Podcasts, yeah. but you have to have the Apple Podcasts app, right. or you have to go to the Apple Podcasts website. Right. And Spotify, don't you have to pay for Apple to put it on Apple, your podcast? Is you don't have to fee? pay Apple, but you have to register and have them approve it. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is I don't put any money, because it's a reprocast, just my radio show. I've never dumped any money to put yeah. it anywhere. I just See, list it on the free sites in case people want to hear it. My main place now that I tell people really to go is YouTube. So that And that's what I'm saying. You can hear it there. It's the quickest access way to get it. And I never had to join... I never had to join Spotify because when I was with Anchor, they were once they merged, mm -hmm. if I posted on Anchor, it automatically they would post it to Spotify. So I still got that 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 dual thing going on there anyway. So it's just a way to hear the podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I just I do I don't I just put it out there and I, I feel like I'm like man a lot of people do a lot of work to do their podcast and I don't. I mean I do the work <laughs> here for the show. I do that here and just kind of make it podcasty. <laughs> I guess is the word I'm looking. Is that a word podcastier? Yeah. I mean, I make up words Podcast all the time. <laughs> well, what you do is you mix two words together. Right. Sometimes you do that. It still creates a new word. When you were talking about Frankenstein, you were talking about the creature creation, and you called it a, a, cre a, cre a, cre a creature. Creature. Yeah. And I'm like, but you know what's funny is how my brain works? I knew what you meant. Because <laughs> we were doing that when you, did the young, when you did the Young Frankenstein a podcast on the Wilder Ride. That's when you said that, when yeah. we were talking about it. So. But yeah, and by the way, I'll pl I'll plug his too. Uh, if you've never heard the Wilder Ride, and it doesn't matter that you guys haven't done one in a while, which that means nothing if no one's ever heard it. They got a plethora of stuff to listen to it's, if they want to start from scratch. And I would argue so, it's pretty evergreen. Even and it's when a we, lot. Even when we interviewed guests and we changed the format yeah. during COVID, those guest segments are still worth listening to. Like you can talk, we can hear us yep. talk to an astronaut. I mean, somebody who climbed Mount Everest. I mean, right. That was cool. Think about how many, when you examined a movie one minute at a time, that if was a, a movie was 118 minutes long, you had 118 episodes. Yes, sir. If it was one minute at a time, and that's yes, a lot sir. to do. And and we can, getting together sometimes, I've noticed we can talk for almost over an hour about one minute. <laughs> and that's a long podcast to listen to about one minute of the movie because there's a lot to discover there. It's really fun. And who'd ever thought... That, that, that would morph. I mean, there were there were people who would watch a movie and react to it, like MST3K. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd watch the whole movie but react to it live, being funny, or if it, especially it's a bad movie. But I wonder who the first wa person was to take a podcast and say, okay, I'm going to examine this movie one minute at a time and make it a podcast. Someone had to do that first. Mm -hmm. I have no idea who it was, but it was a pretty good idea. It was very creative to come up with that and do Someone, that. Someone, I can't remember the name of the group. Someone did it on YouTube first where they oh, okay. analyzed a movie and... Two guys, ironically, picked the franchise. The two guys that started the Star Wars Minute, yeah. they said, hey, we could take this YouTube video idea, but it, we don't want to do video because we don't want to have cameras and all this other nonsense. Right. But we could still talk about our favorite franchise, and we'll just break it down one minute at now, a time. Now, are they credited as starting it? Is, is it official well, that they were the first ones? a lot of people believe that they were the first podcast that said, well, we'll do oh, this with okay. movies as a podcast format. Well, there's all kinds, and I've said it before, there's all kinds of radio shows, talk radio out there, podcasts that talk about, you know. It's, there's a lot of content. You know, the popular ones are, great. Help, help you save money, 
computer help and talk. Oh, I wonder how to do this on the computer. I'll listen to this podcast or listen to this radio show. Oh, I'll listen to this. Uh, the, the, there's a plant show, you know, about plants and farming and stuff. Gardening. There's a show about just about everything, saving money, uh, uh, investing and whatnot. But I know back when I first started, I'm like, well, there's not a lot of shows out there that talk about what I like to talk about. <laughs> Geeky, retro, goofy stuff from where I grew up even today and then back in the old days. So I'll do it. So I, I, w- I was hoping I would be one of not m- too many. It's like going to Dragon yeah. Con. I've said, what, what, what costume do I want to wear to a, con- a sci-fi convention? Oh, it's Stormtrooper. No, there's going to be a, a thousand of those there. I'll, you'll maybe be able to pick me out. I'll wear something completely different, which is cool. That's what I like to do. Call attention to myself without being too crazy or risque well, or get in trouble. The cool <laughs> thing like is, to do. you're being joined by a lot of people doing similar things now. I love it, and, and I talk about them a lot, and uh, they're all a part of my retro and nerdy family. It's BK on the air. I'll be back. We will return after these messages. It's a big world, and nobody knows more about helping kids grow into it than Flintstones, with all the vitamins kids need. Flintstones, America's favorite. And growing. Hey, kid, what can I get you? Yum. What's that? You want gum? Yum. You like uh, bubble yum? Yeah. Says here, super yum. Must be new, huh? Bubble yum, huh? Looks good. Think I'll try a piece. Mmm. What's this again? <laughs> Yum. Bubble Yum Bubble Gum. Now in strawberry, a new super yum flavor. Thank you. Homework, homework. Give me a break. Try Summit Candy Bars. A delicious break anytime. Crunchy roasted peanuts. Lots of rich chocolate. And a crispy center. Summit. A delicious break anytime. Hey, want to go to the game? Guys, give me a break. Summit Candy Bars, a crisp, delicious break anytime. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. Benny Hill was a British comedian and actor who rose to fame in the 1960s and 70s with his wacky television series, The Benny Hill Show. It was a mix of slapstick humor, satire, and parody, and featured Hill's trademark style of comedy that often included running gags, double entendres, and risque humor. One of the most memorable aspects of the show was the Yakety Sax theme tune, which was used to accompany many of the show's chase scenes. The tune, originally called the Benny Hill theme, was written by James Q. Spider-Rich and Boots Randolph and has since become synonymous with slapstick humor and comedic chases. Another notable feature of the show was Hill's recurring characters, such as Fred Scuttle, who was a hapless businessman, and Hill's Angels, a group of attractive women who performed dance routines on the show. But despite its popularity, The Benny Hill Show was not without controversy. Some criticized the show's use of sexist and offensive humor, and there were calls for it to be taken off the air. However, Hill defended his style of comedy, stating it was all in good fun and that he never intended to cause any offense. After 20 years on the air, The Benny Hill Show was canceled in 1989, just two years before Hill's death. However, the show has continued to enjoy a cult following and is still remembered fondly by fans of British comedy. 
This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Golden Rage of TV and find my podcast, Retro TV Radio, available on most podcast platforms. And now back to BK on the air. W-E-H-F in Cartersville. And a welcome return of Pat McCormick and the Golden Rage of TV to the airwaves here at WBHF and BK on the Air. What The thing was holding Pat back from doing the show for a, a few months or so that he was out uh, is no longer an issue, and I'm glad that he's able to come back on the air and do spots with me here with BK on the I'm air. I'm glad all your lawyers were able to work out all of <laughs> yeah, the, the lawyers, problems, all the intellectual the lawyers, property The restraining order was uh, was lifted and everything was oh, fine. I didn't say it was that. that. Yeah. Well, I, I thought you I'd know, just tell you now. you got to have your royalties. To make the, sure the, what was the, going the on. The fee structure was, was established. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to make sure, you know, that uh, that whole uh, Hollywood crowd, you know, in California you know, has to be a piece. Everybody gets successful. Everybody wants a bigger piece of the pie. I get it, you know. But I'm glad you guys worked it out. But it's great, and I'm glad that he's here. And talk about Benny Hill. I'll talk about Benny Hill for a second. Love my Benny dad Hill. watched Benny Hill, and I, I, di- I didn't kind of get it when I was a kid. But then I started watching it, and I'm like, oh, it's funny. <laughs> I, I'm watching these little skits of him running around real fast with the music playing and the saxophone playing. And, and he, his clever his humor was clever, too. He had a lot of clever things. He wrote tons of songs. Very witty. Uh, he was a very witty guy. Completely different. If you, if you like Monty Python, then you could watch Benny Hill and go, this is a completely different style of British humor. Yes. They, they couldn't be more different uh, than each other. So uh, when people would come up and say, I actually ran into a lady. I was at a department store in Atlanta one day, and I was in line. And when I was checking out, I heard her, you know, give me my change and say, have a good day. And I thought, oh, she's from England. She's mm-hmm. British. I wonder where she's from. So I struck up a conversation with her as if we're sitting there checking out. I said, I said, I love running into people from, from, from England or, or, or the U.K. because I grew up watching a lot of shows from the U.K. I watched Space 1999, Thunderbirds. I watched the Benny Hill Show. I watched Monty Python on PBS here in America. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand I'll, you wouldn't believe all the American shows that got that got exported to, to England. Right. I mean, they loved Dukes of Hazzard. They loved all the southern shows like BJ and the Bear and Dallas and all the nighttime soaps and stuff. Oh, they loved that stuff. Oh, Night Rider. My buddies over there in the UK that I I talk to all the time, I am blown away still that our television was basically exported to the UK. They were like, a lot well, of it. Why why spend money on our studios? We'll just import American <laughs> and stuff. And they seem to like our shows over there. But the, what I, and, now, and then talking to this lady in line, I said, oh, you know, and by the way, I, I grew up on television from from the UK. I said, and I loved Benny Hill. Mm-hmm. Benny Hill was so funny. And she goes, oh, yeah, we, we, we never cared for him in England. And she actually said that. She's like, we didn't care for him. He was a, she said, he was a bit too cheeky. <laughs> and I, I knew what that meant. But hearing her say that, and then she started going into complaining about how, you know, he, oh, he degrades women and he did this to blah, 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 and that and the other thing. And I, and I thought about it after I left. I'm like, well, that's, that's interesting. And he was. Benny Hill was much more popular around the world. The place he was least popular was in the U.K., where he was from. But he made it. He was a superstar wherever he went, especially here in America. So when I thought about it, I thought, and then I read a few articles about folks who properly would analyze the show. I'm like, oh, yeah. And even Benny Hill in, in a documentary, he said himself, he goes, I don't think I ever, I didn't see it. I didn't degrade women. I actually, 
I thought they were beautiful, so that's kind of why we did it. I said, if you watch our show, if we degrade anybody, it's the men. Mm-hmm. He goes, we're the ones that always get slapped, and we're, we get we get you know that we get the short end of the stick. We never get the girl in the show. Right. We're, we're just a bunch of old men that just get we're just we just get it in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, we we get it. We don't we, we don't get anything. We're we're we're, we're just totally uh, losers <laughs> in the show. The characters we play, and I started thinking about it, and I'm like that's true. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is true. So, and I didn't see it that way. I mean, if someone sees it way, that's fine. And you and I discussed earlier this morning on another radio show, which was yours, how if you don't like something, you don't have to watch it. Nobody's making it. Just move you. on. You don't have to call for its the, the death of the producers and right. the writers and stuff like that. Just don't watch it if you don't like it. So, but I did like, and I did watch Benny Hill. You know the thing about Benny Hill. I don't think I've ever said this to you, but my uh, the unexpected third brother that came along, Philip, who's the the musician. Yeah, of, of your family. My yeah. mom made a point of telling everybody that when she was very pregnant and very ready to go like beach ball size right i know that yeah i know that when's this kid coming (laughs) right um that uh because we woke up that morning i was like wait a minute where's mom we had our neighbor in the house Uh saying your mom had to go to the hospital last night you're gonna have a brother this morning i was like oh my mom said the reason her that she feels like her water broke and that baby came was because she was laughing watching <laughs> Benny Hill. She was literally watching wow. Benny Hill. That's great. Laughing nonstop, <laughs> and all of a sudden she was like, "Oh, I think it's time to ha- uh, have a baby." <laughs> so she didn't go to the Italian restaurant here in Marietta that's supposed to induce labor. Oh, no, uh, you no. know, to have the spaghetti and stuff. You know that they. No, supposedly she found raucous laughter at eleven thirty at night great. to have been so, the trigger. So he he can think that now. Does your brother, the, the brother in question, you're talking about, is he? Benny Hill fan, maybe? You know, he, Has he he's seen it? never really talked about it as far as I know and uh, that he's old enough if he's gone back to discover right. it. Because by the time he was old enough to maybe watch it, there was no more Benny Hill reruns. There was right, no, yeah. You, you got to look for Benny Hill now. Right, and it, it, was, it, was, it was hilarious. And, and I've talked about it before on the show. I won't retread the, you know, how he passed away and how he's just he was just getting ready to sign a contract to do a special on U, the USA Network here in America because he had just did one for them and he, he had michael jackson lined up to come on because michael jackson was a huge benny hill fan and uh spanky from the little rascals uh the the uh the guy that was spanky and before he passed away he loved benny hill and i think that uh i think michael jackson also was a span a fan of the little rascals because i think i saw a shot of michael jackson's dressing room and he had um he had uh, Spanky and Alfalfa, the cast of the Little Rascals, there on his. Because he, who does? I mean, I loved little, our gang, mm-hmm. Little Rascals. I thought they were funny, and they're timeless because my nephew grew up in the late '90s, early 2000s, and even as a kid, I showed him the Little Rascals, and he sat and watched them mem- mesmerized. He thought it was they were hilarious because they're just little kids being kids. And Hal Roach, the director and the producer of the Little Rascals, back in the day, he goes. It's not really a script here. There's a guideline, but I turned the camera on and just let these kids be kids. And that's what I filmed back in the 30s and mm. 40s and early 50s. And it shows because it's, it's just so natural. If you've never, if you've ever seen the, the, the short where Spanky, he's a little kid, but he's babysitting little, little kids. And he's got Petey the dog, you know, the dog with the little circle around his eye. He's just watching these kids. He puts, like, glue on one of their diapers and sets them down where he can't get up. He's like, there, you know, stay there. It's just the funniest thing you'll ever see. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying do that. If you're a kid, don't put glue no, on diapers. No, once again, that. this goes with the earlier But lesson. back then, we knew not to do that. We also you know, knew like, not to do Did you <laughs> so, know that we, we, we could watch the Three Stooges and know you don't take a mallet to someone's head? We, we could do that. Our, our generation knew that. And we knew as we watched Y.O.E. Coyote Super Genius buying TNT and buying weapons and springs and traps 
to trap the the roadrunner. We knew not to try that either, and we didn't. How come we knew that when we're the least technologically advanced group of kids compared to the new kids? How how were we able to survive? It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't that funny? Oh, geez, I'll give out the number. I, 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 sometimes it's a, it's, it's, it's a risk, but 770-386-1450 because you never know who's going to call. You never know if, if our phone lines are deciding to go on strike or oh, I love just the go, oh, I'm not going to work today. I'm not going to work today. I, 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 just say, I just say that's our Rice Krispie call. Yeah, it's, it's a, full of crackle. We, we have a Rice Krispie filter on yeah, our phone here sometimes. It's sometimes snap, crackle, and pop. Even it's not dependable. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it isn't. There's just a phone line problem. And now we just we know that it's probably not going to get fixed, so we just make it part of the show just now. Just deal with it. <laughs> That's what the we, guy said in the we Rocketeer. We like making it sound like we're getting a message right. from beyond the grave. It's, it's like white noise. And by the way, I heard voices. That sound you hear right there, that's an imitation of me this week fighting. I was fighting pollen and my respiratory asthma this this week because the pollen, the springtime, and everything. And I looked at the uh, I have I don't know what weather app you use, but I use two just so I'm covered. I don't like using just one because sometimes <laughs> one is sure. one is better at one thing and one is better at something else. So I got the I'll plug them. I got the I got the Fox Five Storm Team app from Atlanta here for local, and I got AccuWeather. The AccuWeather app is fantastic for wherever I go. I want alerts to hit me when something's going on, like this morning mm-hmm. when we had some crazy thunderstorms moving in and then they're just like again at a snap of a finger they're kind of gone and they move through pretty quick so because you know me i got i got trees on my property that like to commit suicide on a regular <laughs> basis and they're not even diseased and sick ones they're just big strong trees that go i can't go on anymore this wind i can't live with it i'm a millennial tree i'm just gonna die uh, oh look at, oh look a phone wire and try to hit everything hey, on the look, way down. Maybe the house will cushion my fall. By the way, I do want to thank you. Thank you for calling the professionals to your house. Tree Amigos, which mm-hmm. they're on the radio, they're on our station, and we love those guys. They came over and took care of some trees in your yard because I'm glad they got rid of those trees because if those trees on your property had fallen, they would have found some way to fall on my property too. <laughs> I, I know you live 30 miles away from me, but yeah. somehow that tree would have fallen on your property, bounced up, went right up into the clouds, and came down right in my yard and hit something vital in my yard. I know it would have. Well, I, I thank, so thank you, you for, that. for telling me your horror stories. <laughs> I, because when I said, you know, this tree has been slowly leaning more and more over the last couple yeah. of years, I said, I just, I don't want to take trust a chance. It. It's a hardwood. So you know what they did? I'm going to give them a plug. Yeah, good, because they like, they're good folks. They're like, hey, we, we just took care of it. You want us to cut it into firewood size for you? I'm like, oh, yeah. Would you do that? He goes, yeah. They literally cut That's it up great. into firewood size. And made you some mulch, too, right? I thought it was a pine, but it was an oak that was actually wow. falling because it was covered with kudzu. Yeah. And uh, he's like, no, this is great for firewood. If you got yeah. fire pits, I'm like, we do in the fall. We, we burned. He goes, yeah. he goes we'll, we'll cut it for you. Because I guarantee you. They cut it and stacked it. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't even want to, I'm not even going to look at a chainsaw. I don't even want to entertain the idea of operating one to do anything with it. I mean, the only thing I'd use a chainsaw for is they take the, the they take the cutter off and it just it's just nothing there and it just makes the noise and I'll be part of a haunted house and I'll be just, I'll be I'll be like a Leatherface or something. That's the only way I'll use so one. The is a haunted house and precision thing. of hiring these guys was it's BK on there. We'll be back. Groovy. After these messages, we'll be right back. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. 
This is the horror movie to end them all. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from New Line Cinema. Rated R. No one under 17 admitted without parent or guardian. Hi, time for timer. And time to make a week's supply of healthy after-school snacks. Now some weekend when it's raining and your mother is complaining because you're hanging around just twiddling your thumbs. Tell your mom that you've been itching to make something in the kitchen. And oh yes, the mess will be a minimum. But the thing that's going to please her is you make it in the freezer and nothing could be easier to fix. Now just watch as I go through it. Really, all you need to do it is some kind of juice and just a few toothpicks. Okay, now take an empty ice tray and fill it up with orange juice or lemonade or pomegranate juice or whatever turns you on. Then cover the tray with plastic wrap, carefully poke the toothpicks through the plastic, put it in the freezer, and in a few hours, presto, stacks of snacks. Don't wait until it rains before you try this nifty trick. You'll have a fun time making sunshine on a stick. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad today fighting the pollen and the springtime stuff that makes me go... Some people take breathing for granted, but as a kid, man, if one of my relatives had a, a feather pillow when I was sleeping over... Down pillow, I could, really? couldn't handle it. Uh, I'm allergic fabric, to that. Huh? Yeah, it had to be foam. Not so much now. I'm a little better with that now. It does get better with age, but you know, I'm still allergic to cats and uh, dairy products in a huge quantity. If I drink like five or six glasses of whole milk, of course, who would do that in one setting? It well, the mucus buildup would probably give me a mm. hard time. So, you want to kill me? Put me in a room with pollen, a giant lion. Well, the giant, if it's, a, if, it's a, if it's a docile lion, if he's tame, make sure you can kill me in other ways. But if it's a big cat with hair, not a hairless cat, because I can have those, a cat with hair, pollen, make me drink a lot of milk and a bunch of chickens from a chicken plant or something, give me about four and a half minutes and come in and just call the coroner, because I'm going to be, I mean, it's going to get me. That's terrible. I can't, I can't handle it. But uh, coming in here always uh, brightens my day and cheers me up when I, when I get to see Alan Sanders' bright, shining face across Aww. from me over there. So the it's feelings t- mutual. It's time that we slash <laughs> the audience of the news. Oh, is the BS meter on in here? What the heck's going on? I mean Barbara Streisand. I don't mean anything else by that, by the no, way. No, we got a PhD in here. It's piled right. higher and deeper. <laughs> it certainly is. I gotta roll up my uh, pants legs. Whoa, I didn't bring my <laughs> hip waders. That's right. I got the first news of the weird, the strange, and the bizarre from UPI. Most of them are from UPI. Emergency responders in Michigan, oh, Allen's home state, mm-hmm. said an impatient baby refused to wait for the hospital and ended up being born in the parking lot of a Costco store. Oops. Were they watching Benny Hill? Uh, I don't know, but they could have added the music. Green Oak Township Fire Department. You know where Green Oak Township is up there? Yeah. You ever heard of that? Nope. Probably a small community. Said a couple was on their way to the hospital Saturday when they realized they would not make it in time <laughs> for their baby's birth. <laughs> like you said, your brother couldn't wait when, he, when your mom saw Benny Hill. 
He popped right out of there. The couple pulled over in the parking lot of the Brighton area Costco wholesale store and contacted Livingston County EMS. Emergency responders arrived just in time to assist with the delivery, which fire officials said was successful and without complications. The mother and baby were transported the rest of the way to the hospital in an ambulance. Green Oak Fire Deputy Chief Tracy Chamberlain said that the family was doing well after the delivery. Now, an Ohio woman gave birth in her own driveway in September of 2022, not too long ago. Allison Michael of Westfield Township said she was into active labor and her husband was preparing to drive her to the hospital when she realized the baby's arrival was imminent. Now, the family called 911 and an ambulance arrived at home. Michael was loaded into the back of the vehicle but gave birth before leaving the driveway on that one so Oop. this kid man when they're not they're coming they're not going to wait on anything oh wait hold up we gotta just hold on kid yeah. we gotta get to the hospital first the first kid all he wanted to do was uh, he's like oh at costco let's go what uh, let's go get a good deal on baby formula while we're here <laughs> that's what, why he showed up what's at costco. crazy is how different it is i know uh, a lot of times especially if it's a second child the labor could be a lot faster and it takes some women off guard because you hear these stories about oh, i was in labor for 18 hours 24 18 hours, hours. Wow. And it's like, oh, but then all of a sudden he's like, oh, it was an hour. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, we're done. <laughs> Bill Cosby said the best way to uh, explain labor to him was by Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. Carol Burnett told him that imagine if you're a guy, someone grabbing your lower lip and pulling it up over your head and back to the back of your uh, neck. That gives you a little idea of what labor feels like. I'm like, oh, I bet that hurts, too. So, yeah. All right. I've got the next news. We'll never know. Either one of us that- well, a pair of Harlem Globetrotter players have visited Guinness World Records headquarters in London. What kind of basketball record did they do this time? For the fastest time to bounce a ping pong ball into yeah, five wh- cups. Wait, what? It wasn't involving basketball? No, apparently not. So they're talented when it comes to just about any These guys spherical are talented. We object. had a chance to see their uh, <laughs> wow. world tour kickoff from right here in our own backyard. They at, were over at, down at uh, uh, Lake, Lake Point. Point. Yeah, yes. right here locally. Uh, Guinness World Records said Torch George and Scooter Christensen became the first Globetrotters to break a non-basketball record when they visited London and took on the the ping pong wow. ball bouncing record. The duo managed to bounce ping balls, ping pong balls into five cups in only two point one eight seconds, breaking the record of two point eight seven seconds. We talked about that earlier. There you go, mixing two words again. Oh, because your brain gets too far ahead, and you got to just make up for the I time. Took pong and balls. <laughs> you did and ping balls. But I knew what you meant. I always know what you mean. I, I know what I mean. I hate what I sound like. Your brain's just getting too far ahead of your your mouth. There yeah. is what it is. And my wife says a lot of that. Oh, your uh, mouth okay. gets too ahead of your brain sometimes. <laughs> According to this, the players attempted other records, including clearing a game of Hungry Hungry Hippos and most ping pong balls bounced into a cup in one minute, but they were not able to add a second title to their name. How about that? Harlem Globetrotters breaking a record for ping pong, not something about basketball. That's incredible. That was a different show from the 70s. (laughs) It was a different show. (laughs) I got the next news. From UPI, a British woman renovating her home said that she was shocked when she removed a bathroom wall and discovered, (gasps) what did she discover? It's going to be something worth a bajillion dollars. Actually, it's not. It's not. Uh, Not that we know. Not a beehive. She discovered an intact shower behind her shower. Totally intact. Oh. 
Hannah Otto, 32 of Hampshire, England, said that she purchased the home in 2020 and has been renovating the house ever since then as she looked behind the wall and found a second shower. Otto posted a video showing what she discovered when she removed a bathroom wall that had been leaking due to a tile being installed directly into wooden panels, which was incorrect, I guess. Otto said the discovery is the latest in a series of surprises since she began renovating on the house. It does not go into uh, detail about other surprises. I don't know where they were good surprises. Hmm. Or horrifying. Well, the ghosts ones. have to have a place to clean up too. Is that the ghost shower? It is. It's <laughs> hidden behind the real shower. Or if they use shower to shower to shower. Or maybe that's where they keep the uh, the people that live in the attic. You know, like when you have the sun, that you're like, oh, we can't let you out. We're gonna leave, we'll raise yeah. you up in the attic. Or, or it's like, or it's like uh, the couple in in, uh, in uh, Beetlejuice where they're ghosts, <laughs> and they they're just, that was their house before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta have some place. All right. What do, oh, we swapped. Uh, okay. Yeah, we swapped. You take the let NASA. Okay, know fine. I I've got the next news. I'm just trying to keep you on your toes. Just testing you. What the heck? <laughs> I feel like I got a bad grade. I'm used to seeing an A. Now that's, I've got a B. That's my story. Uh, police and firefighters in England teamed up for an unusual rescue when a person on the street approached officers and asked for help escaping from a set of handcuffs. That's an unusual job today. Uh, Heath Town and uh, East Park Police tweeted, We helped someone out of handcuffs. Police said the West Midlands Fire Service helped officers free the person from the handcuffs. It was unclear how the person came to be bound in the cuffs, but the department <laughs> tweeted that the cause was not a police issue. They were also, okay. pink, they were also pink and fuzzy. And somebody. And <laughs> the fact that he was wearing all leather, yeah. it was because it was cold. Yes. Right? Maybe they, they were stood up. Yeah. They, they said, they get, get ready, we're on our way. And they never showed. That's right. All right, well, that's the news flashes for the day. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. And I got more stories and stuff to tantalize you with here at BK on the air. You've got it, mister. And now back to the guy who can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. It's BK on the air. Yeah, I used to swallow my gum when I was a kid. I didn't think that was the, looking back, that wasn't the best decision to do, you know, or whatnot. I don't think you're really supposed to do that, but uh, I did. But did you grow up with that wives' more. tale that it'll stay in your system yeah. for seven mm, years? Yeah. You keep swallowing gum, you won't have any good food, you'll die. You know, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, not true. That big, that big hamburger chain, they make the burgers out of worms. I read it. Somebody told I read me they made my worms. Someone said that to me on the playground. And uh, and Mikey Mikey was was eating space dust and pop rocks, and he chased it his, down with carbonated Coca Cola, and he he like blew his head off. His head exploded. I'm like, wow, really? The stuff we the heard stuff as a kid that got passed down to us. <laughs> we believed it though. We really did. You can't go swimming an hour until after an hour after you eat, and you'll you'll drown. No, not true. Yeah, All the stuff we got told, we got lied up. to a lot as kids. We did, we did, you know. And you know what? The biggest one was Santa Claus. That's the biggest lie. You know, I got so mad about that. I'm like, you mean you lied about this wonderful man in the red suit? You know, what I know you. Doing? I know you still believe it, but what are you it was, doing? It was, well, I, I we have a to, listener who's had now going to gonna take you I off had, his list I again. I had to go ahead and just break it to you because I got tired of you living. I the was going to say, of all the I lies, <laughs> of all the things you could say that wouldn't ruin the entire audience and mm-hmm. have everybody turn you off and no mm-hmm. longer listen I to the station. I can't do them to disser- the, the service anymore. I thought the one you were going to say is that you, if you sit so close to the TV, your eyes will the, cross. That one is true. That one's true. That one's totally true. And the Easter Bunny's true too. Yeah, those two are completely true. I have. Oh, April Fools. I got it. <laughs> Don't you you forgot Dang what it. day it was today? Come on. Dang it. I got suckered again. <laughs> you're an easy target sometimes. I'm a trusting soul. You're, I have to stop trusting. You and your serious 
sometimes uh, stuffy. I've got to read the news properly and use large words and prof- pontificate well, and things like to. that. That's just my vocabulary. And use the, I know, and I get confused sometimes. Like, <laughs> what the heck is he talking about? That's just me. You, you, you know how long it was when people uh, that people would use the word pontificate? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I know what it means now, but even then, I didn't know what the word means, what meant, which meant that, was, that, what, that was the problem I had. Is that the woman who went with Lewis and Clark? No, that's <laughs> yeah, Pocahontas. That's Pocahontas, not pontificate. Well, I have the story right here. Let me get it over here so I can tell you what it is. This is about as nostalgic as you can get as far as the old days and remembering back and hearkening back to our childhood. There is a popular toy about to get a relaunch very soon. There's a wonderful world of wobbly weeble Daddy and Mommy, sis and brother too Helping your kids learn about the world we live in Doing things families do Lovable weebles are wobbling round Weebles wobble but they don't fall down There's just nothing like them anywhere around Weebles wobble but they don't fall down Romper Room makes Weeble toys. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I remember that that ad and that, that tagline for years. Well, here's the story right here. Parents today may still be able to hear the classic commercial playing in their minds, like you just did right there. I kind of helped you along with it. And now the classic toy, Weebles, will soon get a relaunch. According to a press release, Play Monster, an international toy and game company, will bring the entire Play School brand uh, to the company's roster in 2024. So it's just it's around the corner, not too far away. This includes Glowworm. Do you remember Glowworm? The yeah. The Sit and Spin. Oh, ha- I love uh, my Sit and Spin. The b- Busy Gears. I don't know what b- Busy Gears is. El- Elfin, L-E-A-L-E-F-U-N. Uh, bus- Elephant? B- busy Ball Popper and Busy Poppin' Pals. Now, I don't know what the last three things are, but I'm very familiar with Weebles, Glowworm, and the Sit Wasn't and Spin. Wasn't the little Poppin' Pal, as, as a toddler learning how to walk, it was a, a gold... Well, like that, that was a, a I thought that was dome. a Fisher-Price toy, but yeah, it would pop the little balls and it had into little it. And you'd that see, could have been what that is. I don't know what that is. But what, are you suggesting that there wasn't competition yeah, among could have been, It could have been called something else. You're right. <laughs> I thought that other thing was called the popcorn thing. Or, I swear, who knows what it was. But you could be right. You could be close. Now, the move also includes the relaunch of Weebles, as we said, in the fall of 2023, but coming to 2024. According to the release in 2011, Weebles were named one of Time Magazine's all-time 100 greatest toys, and I can understand why. It was a great list too. I think we did it on the air for one of the years here. We might bring it back and see what their list is next year or this year. Now, according to the magazine, the popular toy was released in 1969 when Romper Room's Weebles joined Fisher Price's Little People. So they actually joined them together. I had the Fisher Price Little People. I didn't have the Weebles. So I had the ones that did fall down if you knock them over. You knock the Fisher Price things over, they fell over until you put them back up again. They're like stormtroopers or a turtle. You put them on their back, they ain't getting back up again until you help them. Uh, Play Monster and Hasbro say in the press release that their research shows that today's parents still recall Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Yep, that was that was the saying. So I remember friends had Weebles, and I saw the commercials, but I don't think my sister and I ever had them. Now, our cousins had them, and I think that may have been my mom's logic at the time because I grew up with a single parent. Eventually, my parents got divorced, and it was just mom working. So she couldn't buy toys all the time. She's like, well, you can play. You got Weebles when you go to your cousin's house. When my sister babysits you, you can play with her Weebles. Why do I need to buy them? You got the Fisher-Price ones. And we did. We had the Fisher-Price people, the little dog, the little people. We had the um, the, the, the little town where it had the garage and the parking deck. I had the parking deck. That was cool. We had the barn. I had the barn. I still have. Would, I still have the barn. When you open. Is it, was it one you well, had? I, my mom still got it. Well, yeah. 
My mom's got it at her house. The moo cow when you it's open the, the door. That I grew up. Yeah, it's got the little horse, the cow, the little pieces of fence, the right. white fence <laughs> which is set great. up. And you know what's funny is everyone always has something. When I was a kid, I don't know how it was with you. But when I when I went to school, I, I had a, I had what I thought was a cool lunchbox, but I always coveted another friend's lunchbox. I'm like, oh, I have the Space 1999 one. I love it, but you have the six million dollar man. Oh, and my friend over there has the emergency. Oh, my friend over there has the Adam Twelve lunchbox. I always wanted someone else's, and they wanted mine. So I'm like, why didn't we just trade? It wouldn't have mattered though. But uh, but. The Fisher Price playsets we had, like I said, we had the town with the little little garage and the and the uh, the, the little one with the bell on it. And you, it would you bell every elevator. time it goes to a floor. Yeah, yeah. I had that one. and We had the the the, uh, the barn, but the one I wanted was the one my cousin had. They had the fair with the Ferris wheel. Oh, you yeah, remember that, that one? Did not have that. One. Was great. You you crank up the Ferris wheel, put them in there, and it would play a tune, and the Ferris wheel would turn around. You know, with all of them little Weebles, or the little Fisher Price folks on it. So yeah, so they're bringing Weebles back. Nostalgic things are cool. You bring them back. I mean, if if parents today, I guess what what are we? We're we're Gen Xers, right? We're the Gen Xers. I'm close. I mean, if I'd been born just a few years earlier, I could have been a boomer because I was born in '66. So, when does the when does the Gen Xers year start? I think it's '64. I'd have to look to, it up to be to official. Eighty or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but I know I was pretty close to it. But my our parents are boomers, obviously. But I was a Gen Xer, and every all the Gen Xers like us are getting older, and we've got kids, and even the generation before us are having the little before us, like our younger cousins are having kids now because they're they're older now, and they're all remembering these toys, and I guess these companies are noticing that they're like maybe we can bring that back since they liked when it. When were you born? Sixty six. Yep, you are. Is I right on the? You're one of the oldest Gen Xers. Sixty five. Sixty five. I thought it was four. So, right, so if I'm really close to you a boomer, are, you are nearly a boomer. I'm a boom X. <laughs> That's probably why you and I know a lot of the boomer trivia and stuff because our parents right. were were boomers, right? And so, and we grew up listening, we listening and to what their they music did. and yeah, their and hearing yeah. their stories. And oh yeah, and I think of the kids that grew up in the '80s now, in the late '80s. At least if they were the kids that liked what their parents liked, they still would be cool because they'd like the '80s music and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm close to being a boomer, so that's that's interesting. So I think that's that's my that's my theory on that is that the companies are noticing what these parents, like my age and maybe a little younger than me, liked and grew up. And they're like, we're going to bring that back. And kids today, I mean, kids are kids no matter what. I mean, if there's if they're new if they're young kids today, mm-hmm. they're still going to like kid things. And if you can break them away from the cell phone and the computer and I'm not kidding. We were in the store the other day, and we saw a kid walking with her mom. And this kid, it wasn't a cell phone, but it was a tablet that had stuff on it, and he had to do stuff on it. He was so young, but he was getting around on that tablet like he was a scientific engineer. Mm. I'm like, man, it's 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 it still it shouldn't, but it still amazes me. But I will when tell they can you, do that. and this is not just being here because you know I love well, part technology. Of it is. Yeah, and you my are. Kids, yeah. I had technology, <laughs> but learning how to play with tactile things like having actual toys and seeing that relationship in the real world like weebles my uh, youngest daughter the next version of like the little people was Polly pockets we have all of those still and when my wife's uh stepdaughter came with her kids we brought the Polly pockets down these kids had never heard of Polly. There's no such. Oh, I don't yeah. even think they're around anymore. They started playing right over. Like, oh look, it's 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 a it's a car and it's a doll and I can go vroom 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 and there's a house and kids. You give them some toys to play with. You need to have some hands on to go with all that technology. And not long after that, then the Star Wars action figures come in in GI Joe. Then we get into well, a little de- bit later. Depending, things, I yeah. I'll, I blew all mine up. I don't have those. Right, still. 
Well, you'll have to if you replaced them now. You would need to take out a loan. That's if that, you wanted the that, original ones. That that's that's. <laughs> I don't usually let things live rent free in my head, but every now and then I go, "Why did I do that?" I had the original X uh, Tie Fighter where you could hit the little buttons and the wings would pop off. Yeah, and I had the X Wing Fighter where you push R two D two down and, and the wings open. Yeah. I had both of those. Yeah, both of them, and I was like, "Let's blow them up. That'll be cool." I would tell you now if you had it vintage in the box right now, what you could get for it, but I don't want to make you feel bad. Oh no, I already feel because bad. they remade them, they reissued them later, right. and you could get those. No, I had, even those are expensive now. But, I had yeah. original. Yeah, we had the Kenner back when Kenner was around. Yeah, it was the first toys. generation toys I had because I went to see it in the theater when yeah. I was a kid. And don't let anybody, they're, they're either, I don't think they're lying, but I just think they're misremembering having Star Wars toys as kids because if someone goes, someone says, yeah, I saw Star Wars in 77 and I loved it so much that I rushed right out after the movie and went and bought the action figures. I'm no, like, you didn't. how that's not possible. What you, I said, what you're probably remembering is, is you got them, you got the voucher for them next year because there was no toys in 1977 for star wars it very nope. limited anything when did it get re-released you may be thinking have going back to the theater. got re-released in 78 because i know yeah. i rewatched it a couple of times in the theater yeah so yeah and they got them later so yes wonderful toys where do they get such wonderful toys the joker <laughs> fat man we're gonna take a break it's bk on the air Uncle Roy, can I have a squeeze, please? You mean Hunt's ketchup? You'll love squeezing Hunt's new easy squeezing bottle. Now Hunt's squeezes out quick, unbeatably thick. That unbeatable taste goes any old place. Hunt's new squeezable bottle gives you lots more ketchup for a lot less money than Heinz 28-ounce does. And you know you can't beat Hunt's for taste. So start squeezing. You'll love squeezing Hunt's new easy squeezing bottle. We're Beatrice. First, never touch any appliance without a parent's supervision. And always be careful with kitchen appliances. Keep their cords out of your way and your fingers out of their way. Also, always turn pot handles in, away from the edge of the stove. So nobody bumps into them and gets hurt. Now you're cooking. Stand by to receive our transmission. to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news. I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon, Saturdays. Like you crave that corn when it's freshly bobbed, you gotta beat it through the box with the butter on the top. Get with it, man, start strolling down to the sweets that you're rolling, the best in town. Our candy's real gone, if I'm understood. To all you squares, that means the confection is positively delicious. Cork that stuff, give me five, let me send you into this nutty jive. Shake it on down to this cool snack bar. Come on, Jill, give us a treat. A friendly pepper upper with a tasty beat. Drink Dr. Pepper, Dr. Dr. Pepper, cause the pepper lets you down. Frosty man.
on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the air. Yeah, but you know, for for an acorn or a seedling, I'm not, I, I'm super old. I'm as old as you can get. But for a, an old, for an oak tree or a mountain, I have to yet begun in years, <laughs> you know? And I stole that line. Chun said that in, in Remo Williams when he was complaining about how old he was. <laughs> it's like that's the that's the bit of philosophy that he gave him when he says, talking about his age and how old he was. The great Joel Gray playing uh, an, an American actor with makeup playing a, a Korean uh, martial arts um, Remember thing. when we used to think that being an actor meant playing, you could play anything. pretend, you yeah. could be whatever, as long as you convinced the audience? Right. Didn't realize that was going to be a problem one day. I, I guess if Hollywood thinks they have to cast people now as a character because they are that in real life, since it's, they're leaning toward that, how in the world are they going to cast aliens anymore from another planet? I don't know. Tell me, tell me how that just puts a stop to all sci-fi productions. But I want to turn this to our advantage. <laughs> I think the next movie that has any kind of radio voice, radio voiceover, oh, yeah. anything that takes place in a radio station, yep. you can't get an actor to do that. Right? No, you need to come get a radio. Person. And you can't even you can't even build a set or green screen it. You need to come at the location and film so it to give it. I'm going to put our names in the hat that when Marvel, when you have a movie, <laughs> right. That's or sick. anybody, and there's a mo- there's a scene in a radio station. You come get us. We're, we're you can't just hire. You can't have an actor pretend that they're a radio. And person. we're pretty reasonable. We're pretty reasonable. Yeah, about it. Be within. We'll be within union did, wage. Did you Did you hear the uh, What's the new show with Harrison Ford? That's the Yellowstone prequel. Is it 1923. Did you hear Harrison Ford did an interview about that not too long ago? It's like three or four days ago on Today or CBS Good Morning or something. And he said, "Hey, when, when we're filming this show." Everything's genuine. He goes, there's like almost zero CGI green screen work. Right. When we're on location, we're on location. And when you see that wind blowing my hat around on my head and it's 23 below when we're filming, that wind is real and it's 23 below zero when we're out there filming. And it gives it such a sense of authenticity that it's uh, it's great. And I think it probably, I haven't seen the show yet, but I bet it comes across on screen that I'm, it's in a real location. I am enjoying 1923 more than I did 1883. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Yellowstone, so I haven't seen any of it yet. I haven't yet. seen any I'm of I'm sure you can watch the prequel shows and not see the later one because it's a prequel show. Right. Yeah, you, you can just maybe to. know the backstory. Let's do a little talk about history and stuff. Let's do a little on this day in history. Oh, guess what? It's April 1st, April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. I may have gotten you with a little one, but watch out. You need to be on your guard the rest of the show today. And even telling you that is warning you, so I think I can still get you. So you we'll see by can. the end of the, I'm so end of the program. 1891, on this day in history, the Wrigley Company is founded in Chicago, Illinois. So thank goodness. Talk about We talked about bubblegum and gum <laughs> earlier. The Wrigley Company, 1891. 1963, on this day, April 1st, American television soap opera premieres. General Hospital on ABC and Doctors on NBC both premiered on this day in 1963. I didn't know General Hospital was that old. That, that was a popular that means it one hit for a while. 60 years old now. As a popular, I think I think it's still in there. Doctors has long been off the air. 1965 on this day in history, a movie premiered on this day in history in 1965. And as soon as I play it, I know that Alan and a lot of you out there will guess what it is. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying adieu. Adieu, adieu, to you and you and you. 
Yes, on this day in 1965, April Fool's Day, The Sound of Music premieres. It won the 1966, for the year I was born, Academy Award for Best Picture. Do you know that the kids that are portrayed in the show, two of them have like a sci-fi, actually three of them have a sci-fi comic booky connection. The oldest uh, trap kid, the oldest one, is... um, Nicholas Hammond, who went on to play The Amazing Spider-Man on CBS television in the live-action CBS show mm-hmm. in the 70s. He played Peter Parker and Spider-Man. The, uh, the one girl, Angela Cartwright, went on to be in Lost in Space. Lost in Space. And uh, Heather Menzies, the other, the blonde trap girl, went on to be an actress in the 70s, and she was in the Logan's Run television series. So <laughs> I had to th- kind of tie all that into sci-fi and stuff. That's just what well, I do. Then you got Christopher Plummer's the dad, who went on to be uh, many things, including uh, General Kang in Star General Trek Kang. Six, The Quoting Undiscovered Country. And uh, his his daughter is in the Picard series right now, by the way, and I'd be glad when you start watching that and you'll see what's going on with that show. Gotta embarrass my daughter, who's getting married in October. This was one of those, like when you're a kid, you know, there's that movie you could watch every day. Oh, you don't get tired of it. Sure, yeah. This was hers, and she was so young, she couldn't say music. <laughs> really? She was like, I want to watch the sound of the music. Uh, the music. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm like, it's okay. I used to like Pie Pie, too. Yeah. And I, and when pie I was Pie a, and Olive When I was a little tiny kid, I couldn't say milk. I said nook. Milk? Nook with a knee in. Nook. And library. I'm going to go to the library and read a book. That still drives me nuts when I hear somebody <laughs> do it as an adult. I went to the library. And, and pronounced February. I even February said it right there. Library. I can't force myself <laughs> to say library. It sounds better that way. I don't know why. Library. Uh, 19, uh, 1976, Helter Skelter, detailing Charles Manson's cult family, their capture and trial, conviction and aftermath, the the uh, premieres on CBS, the, the miniseries or the movie that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Steve Railsback playing Charles Manson. And he was phenomenal in that role. I couldn't believe how chilly. When I was a kid, it scared me because I didn't quite understand what that was all about. But he just looked scary as Charles Manson. And he was very effective in the role. I do hear that there was a later show now that he played, someone else played at Manson in that show you used to watch oh, yeah, or something. No, what the, was it the, called? The st- oh, it was, it was a, a streaming show. Yeah, it was what on was Netflix. It, it was about the behavioral unit developing within the, the FBI. profile killers the and profilers. stuff. You said someone played Charles Manson that was great all in that one, them. too. All yeah. of them that they got. I to, need to see that they're too. Fantastic. But Steve Railsback was fantastic in this 1976 movie, and they used the Helter Skelter uh, Beatles it's called song. Hunters. Is that what it's called? I think I think it's what you told me. You told Mine me about Hunter. it. I can't remember. 1976. Here's a computer thing for you. Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs found Apple computer in the garage of Jobs' parents' house in uh, Cuper, Cupertino, California, on this day in 1976. Mm. April Fool's Day. What a day. <laughs> To, to invent something that would wind up fooling us a lot oh in the future. Wouldn't you have liked to have bought some that? of that stuff? I would have loved to have just been able to be their janitor that cleaned up the, 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 the garage. 1978, a little TV history here. The Bob Newhart Show airs its last episode on CBS television. That's the show where he was the psychiatrist. But that's the one I thought was the funniest Bob Newhart Show. I really loved that one. It was really funny. Oh, another computer-type uh, thing here. 2004, Google introduces on this date in history Gmail. On this day in 2004, they premiered It's almost Gmail. 20 years old. Right. It just that's doesn't bananas. seem like it was that many no, years ago. But that's wow. when they came out with it. And it's getting further. The time for it is getting further away every day we live. 
Mm. <clears throat> I keep thinking about that when I think about when my dad passed away. I keep thinking, okay, every year it's getting that much further away, and it just doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Some some dates don't feel like it's that long ago. And that's another one. 2010, John Forsyth, the American actor from Charlie's Angels and Dynasty. He passed away at 92. We lost him on this day in history. People went for years not knowing that he was Charlie on Charlie's Angels, the voice talking to him. Angels, I have a case for you to go on. I want you to go find uh, Joan Collins and Kidnapper. <laughs> Alexis from Dynasty. And in 2013, the world's first smelling TV screen is unveiled in Japan on this day in 2013 in Japan. The smelling thing. You can smell it on television. Oh, good. Took them up to 2013 to do it. They did it first on the Kentucky Fried movie back in the (laughs) mid-70s when it came out. It was a joke. But up until 2013, the Japanese had, had it out. Birthdays today include Grace Lee Whitney. She was an American singer and actress. She was Yeoman Rand, later on Chief Rand on Star Trek, by the way. She was on the original series. She wore the red dress with the big beehive hairdo and was kind of a sort of a romantic interest for Kirk. Then they decided, no, we can't really use her, and they got rid of her because they didn't like how it was going. And then she showed up in some of the films. She's in some of the Star Trek films. You can see her in the background. Met her once. Very nice lady. Very Mm. nice. She died in 2015. She's a nice lady. Died in 2015. Today is Debbie Reynolds' birthday today. She passed away in 2016. Mother of Princess Leia herself, Carrie Fisher. Um, Didn't they pass away just days apart? It was was very 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 close. Yeah. Today is Gordon Jump's birthday today. Gordon Jump. Does that name ring a bell to you, actor? He was uh, the big guy, the station manager on WKRP, Arthur Carlson. He was also on Growing Pains, and he played Ed, the Maytag repairman, for years on the Maytag commercials. The guy that just sat around. Nobody ever called for the repairman. He died in 2003. He had a very controversial role in one of these special episodes of Different Strokes. He played a guy who had Arnold and his buddy over and started uh, having them drink alcohol, and he was a pedophile on the on an episode of Different Strokes. It was very, very dramatic, very weird and groundbreaking at the time. He didn't get away with doing anything, thank goodness, but it came it came pretty close in the show, and they were they were kind of rescued by the mm. end of the program. But he played the role, and I'm like, wait, this is Arthur Carlson from WKRP, playing, and he played it very well. He's very creepy, which which was good because it should be played by someone who doesn't look evil and acts evil that's how they entice the, the right. children it had to be an actor uh, that, that would kind of uh, santa clausy weird kind of a person like that to lure them in so it was a, it was a very interesting role that he did today is ally mcgraw actress ally mcgraw's birthday today she is 83 years old today love story uh goodbye columbus i mean she was in a lot of movies growing up another actress that i'm not that familiar with and didn't see a whole lot of productions with her in it but i am familiar with who she is hmm. i mean who love story that was a heron ryan o'neill that was a classic love drama film for years that I only saw once and have forgotten about it. I don't really remember much about it. A lot of these classic movies that were, at the time, award-winning movies and groundbreaking, some of them were great. Some of them were like, yeah, I saw it once, but I, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't I'm not as an enamored by it. didn't by affect it. you like it did at that yeah, time. Yeah, and they're supposed to be timeless. Today is Annette O'Toole's birthday today, an, an actress, American actress. Uh, did you see the remake in 1982? Of uh, with uh, Malcolm McDowell of Cat People that David Bowie did this the music for. I am aware of it. I don't think with I saw Na- it. Nastasia Kinski. Kinski. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Annette O'Toole. Annette O'Toole was in that. She also played uh, Lana Lang, the the alternative love interest for uh, Clark Kent in Superman Three. She played in that. She plays on a show. 
Is it Mystic River? She plays in a new streaming drama that my wife watches called huh. Mystic River. I think it's like a little town. Today is National Sourdough Bread Day, which I love. A good loaf of sourdough bread. Man, you can't get much better than that. Toast it, put a little something on it. <laughs> Today is International Pillow Fight Day. So if you haven't had one in a while, go out and have your little pillow fight. And it's Nickelodeon Anniversary Celebration. Uh, Nickelodeon premiered on this day in 1977. The, the, the cable network wow. loved it in its genesis. It's BK on the air. Nick, 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 such soft hands. And you a dishwasher. My Ajax dishwashing liquid is mild on hands. But I thought Ajax was a tough grease cutter. Watch this. It is tough on grease. As my Ajax squeak soundly states. <laughs> I've also found Ajax is mild on hands. You and Ajax sure know how to treat a lady. Ajax dishwashing liquid in the new clear bottle. Mild on hands, tough on grease. I hate how they wrinkle my suit. You ought to see my cleaning grill. Oh, they rub against my neck. They're uncomfortable. How about this for an alternative? Safety belts are way too confining. I'm in complete agreement. More or less. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Now back to the show. Oh, yeah. And now back to the guy who knows no limit on self-promotion. It's BK on the air. When you're when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Oh, I'm dispensing nostalgic geeky talk here every Saturday. It's BK on the air. We're back. We're back. I don't know where you happen to be listening right now. You could be listening to the podcast at YouTube or or Spotify podcast, Spotify, and or SoundCloud. You could be listening on the BK Replay uh, a week later on uh, 99.1 WQEE. Uh, I, I'm everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but enough places where you can hear me. Just do a search for BK on the air, and you'll find me out there somewhere if you miss the live radio show. The drive-in theater. I do have some facts and figures. I'll go over them here since we have uh, the first drive-in movie theater. That's back in that era. America was on the move. You could gather up the kids, drive, park, and watch a movie from your car. Now, I, I had a local drive-in theater growing up. Did you guys have one in Michigan yeah, that you we frequented? Did. We went a couple of times. I saw like where the Apple Dumpling Gang, Freaky oh, Friday, Walt Disney, yeah, a couple of a couple of movies at the drive-in. In fact, I remember the one time we went to the drive-in and I was looking at the sign and I said. Dad, are we supposed to be seeing an R-rated movie? They had changed the movie out, and we thought we were going to see one movie. And was the, he did a U-E in the parking lot and said, we're, we're not going to be was going that, to see Was that how you sounded as a kid, when you, that your voice, did you, was that how you sounded? No. <laughs> it's a little kid's I'll voice. I thought it sounded like this. <laughs> Dad, have that, have that BK guy pick you up. He's the teenager. He's the one that drives. He'll take you to the movie. Yeah, sure. Well, we our local one was called the 411 Drive-In. It's because it was on Highway 411, 411, uh, just in between Leesburg and Center, Alabama, near the lake. I information. Well, it was funny. It was the name of the highway. <laughs> I want information on the drive-in. And that's the, the a drive-in theater, which was that one. When I was a kid, my parents took me to see the first film I ever saw as a kid in a drive-in theater. And it was Live and Let Die, James Bond with Roger Moore. Now, I didn't know anything about James Bond when I saw it, and I only remembered flashes of the film when I was watching it. But to tell you the impact of film, <laughs> when I watched that movie, the title, you know, the Bond have great title sequences that at the time were designed by, uh, um, uh, what was the guy's name? I, I, he had a, see, I can't think of it. I hate it when I can't pull up something like that. I know who did, who would always do it. 
but it was a his he always had silhouettes of women and bond with his gun running around and sparks and stuff and things happening <laughs> usually had something to do with the film so live and let die was going to have like a voodoo yeah. type thing to it and fire well when live and let die comes on if you watch the title sequence to it as soon as uh, paul mccartney's song the song starts out real quiet mm-hmm. and then he goes live and let die and then it just lets loose still one of the best songs they ever did well when they do that in the title sequence whatever's on the screen explodes and disappears and it's a giant skull on fire mm-hmm. i remembered that as a kid so when we drew when we drove home that night i was in, a, in the back seat of the car mom and dad are driving and i kept thinking i, I don't want to look out the back glass of the car because it's night and i'm going to see that flaming skull chasing the car and i'm not looking i'm not and like in like an idiot the kid i would look because i think we secretly want to be scared but we won't admit it i looked i didn't see it but i'm like no if i look again it's going to be behind us that's how much that little bit that's a little visual that i took away from that film as a very young kid in 1971 i think is when live and let die came out or 72 somewhere in there wow but it was roger moore's premiere roger moore yes it was and our i love the concession stand at our driving theater because to me at the and let's put it this way when i say they had the best hot dogs i've ever had well you know at (laughs) four years old how many had i had from how many different places so of course i thought they were the best and popcorn you know it was probably because you were having such a great time it had to be. The food just tasted amazing. It had to be. And you take the metal speaker and you hang it on the glass of your car and roll it up to where the glass yep. is almost closed, but you just got the speaker hanging in there. And it's this big metal thing, and you turn the sound up, and it's horrible sound because it's a little tiny speaker. Can you imagine by today's standards? <laughs> oh, well, later on, they started transmitting on FM on FM car radios and stuff. Right, making it Which bit was great. Better. Yeah, so it, it sounded a lot better. So, But that's my wonderful, and that's where I fell in love with glass bricks. You know, like when you have glass bricks in a wall or a window or something mm-hmm. like that. Or people make a shower out of a glass, bunch of glass bricks and, and, and glue them or, or cement them together. I fell in love with glass bricks because usually old ticket booths at theaters, even either in a walk-in cinema or at a drive-in, you'd pull up and, and the whole bottom of the ticket booth was glass bricks with like lights behind it that would kind of flash or just were blue or something. And they had them at our exit when we pull out. The exit sign was on top of like these little stack of glass bricks with blue lighting inside them. And that just certain things stick with you. Hmm. And I love that. And I told Stacy when we build our new house in the future, if we ever get to do it, we have plans to do it. I said, I want glass bricks somewhere because I loved them as a kid. And she's like, we are not having that. She goes, that is so 70s and 80s. We are not going to have glass bricks. In our house. I'm like, come on, give me give me like a corner or something or, or make one yeah. of the bathrooms a glass brick. She goes, you can have glass bricks. I saw glass a glass brick mailbox the other day. It was bricks, but had one little layer of glass bricks in the middle of the regular bricks. And it was kind of stylish, kind of cool. She goes, OK, you can have it on the mailbox, but that's it because I'm need so to tell dated. The misses that if she hasn't paid attention <laughs> 70s bell bottoms like the big giant i mean like the bell bottom that started at your knee and went and covered your shoe are back well i they're back 70s is back don't get me wrong you are right don't get me wrong and when you give me advice on what i should do when it comes to her and what i should tell her and what i should say it's gonna work well well i also want to be able to i want to be able to come in and do the show the next week too (laughs) by the way is why i do that so yeah so drive-in theaters hold a very soft spot in my heart everybody goes did you go on a date did you ever go out on a date in a driving theater when you were younger and teenager? I'm like, sadly, I never did. No. I never got to. But I'll tell you who the only date, the only date with with a with a pretty girl that I've ever been out with at a driving theater was my wife, Mrs. BK. We we were passing through <laughs> my hometown one night. We had nothing to do. We had some extra time leaving. We're on a road trip. Stopped, saw my mom. We're on our way home, but we had absolutely nothing to do. So on the spur of the moment, we said, "Oh look, now we've already seen it." 
But Doctor Strange is playing at the drive-in. The drive-in that I went to as a kid, it's back open. It's been open for years now. They've opened it back up. It's a twin screen now. I said, let's go see Doctor Strange at the drive-in. She goes, okay, cool. So hmm. we just went, parked, and watched Doctor Strange again at the drive-in. So that was, a, that was, a, that was, the, uh, that was the only date that I've been with uh, with a lady in a drive-in as my, as my wife. Does that count? I guess it counts. Sort it counts? Of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to... Had to had to have the paper towels in there for the fogged up window, you know. I had to wipe it so I could see the film every now and then because the windows got kind of fogged hot up. Wings, you know? huh, did you? Yeah, it was hot. Plus, it was uh, humid <laughs> too. No other reason than that. A lot of breathing. That reminds me of the scene in Halloween. Remember the girls leaving the house, and she gets in her car. The, the John Carpenter first one. I think it's Halloween. She gets in the car, and she's she's just getting in the. She hasn't been in it all night. She's getting in the car to leave, and she gets in it, and she looks at the window, and she's like, puts her finger, and she's like. What's all this condensation doing in here? Well, Jason's, Michael Myers, Jason, Michael Myers has been in the back seat waiting on her. He's been breathing, and that gives it away that he's back there. And by the time she realizes it, he kills her. Mm. That was a great touch for that, about the old fogged up window. Either you're making out, or Jason's in the, or Michael or Jason's in the car waiting on you. <laughs> That's the only reason your windows are fogged up in the car in a movie, by the way. It never gets fogged up for any other reason. Or you get an old car like I did in the old days that the defroster just didn't work. It's like, man, I can't, oh, i got to wipe it off all the time. I can't see anything mm-hmm. in this old jalopy that I've got back in the old days. Well, let's get back to the drive-in theaters that we're talking about. At their simplest, drive-in theaters were an outdoor movie screen, a projection booth, a parking lot, and a snack bar. Well, like I just said, that's what they consisted of. Now, here's some trivia. I knew some of these, but not a lot of them. Drive-ins had been around since the 1930s, but became popular in the 1950s and 60s. So in the 30s is when they started. 60s, they reached their height, early 70s. Then they started on a decline. Richard M. Hollingshead Jr. of Camden, New Jersey, created the first drive-in by mounting a film projector onto his car's hood and showing movies on a screen (laughs) that he nailed to trees in his backyard. That's the guy who kind of invented the concept. That's crazy. And that's really cool. Sound? First came out through speakers, as we talked to on the screen. Following that, there were uh, speakers that you can hang on each car. And I never went, never went to the one with the screen, speakers behind the screen outside. That had to be hard to hear. Then you heard it in the car on your FN signal. The sound could be broadcast and picked up by a car radio. A lot of people would take their, um, in the 80s, they'd take their boom boxes with them because they sounded better. And just turn the radio to that frequency and listen to it. I got a few more facts for, for about drive-ins and stuff and some other subjects we'll get to. It's BK on there. Man, I'm starting to really think about going back to that drive-in. That would be fun. I'm going to take her back over there and see what's playing. I want some popcorn, though. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. The Jiffy Pop. The Jiffy Pop. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. The family fun treat. And here's great fun. A Jungle Book Magic Picture Kit free in specially marked packages of Jiffy Pop popcorn. Each kit's a different scene from Walt Disney Productions' full-length feature, Jungle Book. Four fun scenes in all. Here comes the Jiffy Pop. Fresh, hot, and delicious every time because you make it yourself. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. The family fun treat. To make a light snack for after school, start with Jello gelatin, like Mrs. Jenny Schrang of Miami. After the kids are off to school, I often take a couple of minutes to make them light Jello gelatin snacks for when they get home. I make the snacks in paper cups, and the kids just love them. And I like them because they don't spoil our appetites. Just prepare any flavor of Jello gelatin. That's the brand I prefer. Pour it into paper cups. Add fruit or whatever you happen to have on hand. Then place the cups in the refrigerator. So after school, the kids will have a nice snack waiting for them. 
For Jenny Schrang's Jell-O snack idea, see April Women's Magazines. Hey, my grandma's great. To make a light snack that's fun to eat, start with Jell-O. We are here on the beach where a giant shark has just eaten a girl's swimmer. Well, Mr. Jaws, how was it? And what did she say when you grabbed her? Please, mister, please. I know sharks are stupid, but what did you think when you took that first bite? How sweet it is. Mr. Jaws, before you swim out to sea, have you anything else to say? With me now is the local sheriff. Sheriff Brody, the shark will be back for lunch. What do you intend to do? Just arriving is oceanographer Matt Hooper. Sir, if someone is attacked by a shark, what should they do? We are going aboard the fishing boat of Captain Quint. Captain, will you be able to catch this giant shark? Thank you, Captain. Captain, Captain, Captain. When you catch one of these sharks, what do you feel like? Like a rhinestone We've just sighted the shark again. He's coming straight for us. Captain Quint is shouting something at him. Get your baby one of these nights. Hey, Jaws, the captain says he's going to catch you. What do you think of that? Uh-oh, here he comes again. They've hit him. Mr. Jaws, why doesn't anything seem to hurt you? He's coming right onto the boat. Mr. Jaws, why are you grabbing my hand? Wouldn't you give your hand to a friend? No, wait. Mr. Jaws, that's not the way this record is supposed to end. Help! Help! From 1975. Dickie Goodman there with uh, Mr. Jaws. The fi- I used to have really? That- it came out the same year as the movie? Yeah, it didn't yeah. come out like the next year when they, they said... They credited it for 1975. We had wow. the 45 as a kid. I had it and we played it over and over and over again. Dickie Goodman. He did a lot of that interviewing people and would use music clips from songs for their the celebrity or for whatever. For their answers. answers. Yeah. Which was fun at the time. 19 Back in the mid-1970s. We talked about drive-ins earlier. I never saw Jaws at a drive-in, but Jaws Jaws is a movie, though, that ranks pretty darn high on your and my scale of films. I would say so. And Jaws sometimes creeps into our conversation, even on our radio show and podcast that we do. By sometimes you mean just about every time. Yeah, and and we don't and we don't plan to do nope, it. Not at it all. just it just it's a subconscious thing, and it winds up doing it because we love the film so much. I do Did have you a even story. See Quentin Tarantino said it may be one of the greatest movies ever made. I'll agree with him. I don't agree with Quentin about a lot, but I will agree with him on that. Uh, we talk about drive-ins and stuff. You can see a dive-in movie. Sometimes they show Jaws as a dive-in movie in a pool setting or at water parks or something, and it would be interesting to watch Jaws in the water. I think that, I wouldn't care now, as a, but maybe as a kid, I maybe not have done it. But uh, this is from, a, and I know you probably follow these guys on social media. You familiar with the Daily Jaws guys? Yes, I definitely what a, follow. It's them. probably one of the, if not the best Jaws social media site on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I don't wherever know how they, they are. Get some of the pictures that I've never. I seen. know they're so good at. Well, this story That's comes amazing. from them. Peter Benchley's Jaws book is set to be changed. Now, in the wake of the text uh, uh, of. Uh, of Roald Dahl and, and R.L. Stein and Ian Fleming's James Bond's books being changed or whatnot. And I don't know if that's the reason they're doing this. Books set to be revised and updated. It's been announced that Peter Benchley's Jaws 
will be changed in order to match the classic 1975 film adapted by Steven Spielberg. If you didn't know it, I don't know why you wouldn't. Jaws was a book first <laughs> before it was a movie. And the book was very different. It had, it had the shark. It had the shark killing people. It had a whole lot of subplots and stuff that I didn't think would work as a film. A lot of complexity in yeah, that Yeah, and I think the film was a more cinematic as it could should be. It's a cinema film. The decision to alter the original text has sparked controversy of, among fans of the book, many of whom feel the changing of the author's words is, does a disservice to the integrity of the best-selling novel. Now, many see the blockbuster film as a rare example where the movie is better than the book is based on, so will such a revision of the book be such a bad thing? And again, I think that's in the, in the, in the eye of the beholder if you think the movie's better than the book because there's a lot of books been made into movies, and a lot of people go, oh, the book's better, a lot, especially with Stephen King mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff. So I don't know how, how that works or if that's even the reason. We'll see, continue if they kept to read it here and see. Separate, and they say this is a novelization to represent oh, the, the film, movie. Fine. Yeah. If they're saying we're rewriting Jaws, and this is supposed to be how, like, if they're gonna, you know what I'm saying? Is if it's if right. they're if they're editing Peter Benchley, and they're not saying right. that this is just the movie version. I know they're saying they want to make it more in line with. Yeah. It just feels weird. Like you told me off air, Alan Dean Foster was a guy that made a career of adapting te- television and film to book form. Mm-hmm. The people that hadn't read it. Those changes will include alterations to several key scenes in the book, including the removing of, spoiler alert, the affair between Matt Hooper and Ellen Brody, which we thought would have hindered the film. Why would that have been in there? The mafia subplot and the death of Matt Hooper that's in the film. Mm-hmm. All And you don't know Richard Dreyfuss. The Richard Dreyfuss, Richard Dreyfuss character dies in the book. Mm-hmm. And not in the movie. All things which would argue would have weighed the film down more than the yellow barrels used by Quint to bring the great white shark to the surface, it says. Now, additionally, the relationship between Chief Brody, Martin Brody, and marine biologist Matt Hooper will be altered to more closely resemble the dynamic between the characters the way they were in the film, is how they're going to do it in this new release of the book. Even Steven Spielberg said of the book that none of the characters were likable and you ended up rooting for the shark. At least he did when he read the book. <laughs> Uh, critic. Now, some, some a lot of people would argue that in Alien, you didn't really like any of the people in Alien. None of the, none of the characters in Alien were that likable. In Aliens, you really fell in love with everyone in Aliens. The, the Marine guys, you really I liked all of them. Uh, that's what some people say. Critics of the char- of the changes argue that altering the original text of the book in this way is a disservice to the author's intent and creative vision. And I would say that too. You know, especially if I was the author, many have been quick to point out that the novel was already a bestseller before the release of the film, and argue that the changes are unnecessary and potentially harm uh, do harm to the legacy of the novel. Not so, to mention, both yeah. entries have quite happily coexisted for almost fifty years now. So why bother to change it all? Okay, I have so no idea. That answers why they're the doing question. That. They, they're going to rewrite the novel instead of saying, and it's not the due to PCism or wokeism. Here, yeah, let's release a separate novel. They're saying now the new way. If you like, if you were to go buy right. Jaws, this is the one you're going to get. So they're not canceling the old book. It should still be available. If they're you just. If you want to buy the. If you want to buy the movie version, that's based on the film. Buy this one and read it. So, and I wouldn't need to because I have the film already. I'd kind of want, and I've had every release, almost every different release of the film. I've spent a lot of money on Jaws, as you have too. I yes, think whatever I've, versions I've came out. Every version. But I, I, if I want it, the only reason I'd want to leave the book the way it is is it's what he, it's what he intended. And maybe I'd want to read the book version just to see how different it was. I, I don't necessarily want to read one that's based on the movie when I can just watch the movie. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've already seen the film. I know it left and right. You and I and Walt. We could, we haven't done it yet, but we could do a podcast as a, maybe a special podcast separate from what we do 
about Jaws and probably not to probably wouldn't have to print out many bullet points at all to do it. We could do it just talking about it. Maybe some of the facts of the dates and stuff like that, and just some of the factual I can stuff. Tell we could you do that for a fact. I could do it without doing a single bit of research. But, but we could. Do, or and make it entertaining, probably. I have no doubt that 100%. we could do that. So we know enough behind the scenes. We've watched enough documentaries. Right. We've read enough about it, and we love the film. We yeah. have a true passion for that film. Uh, I and like I said before, I never saw Jaws in a drive-in, but would have liked to. It seemed like the perfect drive-in movie to see. But uh, a few minutes left here. Let's get into a few more drive-in facts. We're talking about drive-in theaters in the U.S. Uh, by 1955, about drive-ins, there were about 5,000 drive-in theaters in the U.S. in 1955. It says now there are approximately 350. Now, I don't know when this article was done. I think it was fairly recent, so there could be maybe a little more than 350 because I think there was less than 350 10, 15 years ago or 20 years ago because they really fell out of favor for a long time. and There was hardly any drive-ins in America. Uh, another fact, drive-ins ranged from small ones to a- accommodating 50 cars up to the largest one that could hold 3,000 cars at one point. There was wow. a huge drive-in. So how big must the screen have been? And if you were way back, would it have been like looking at a postage stamp wow, in the distance? that's massive. That's, yeah, that's crazy. 3,000 cars. Uh, here's another one. Texas offered gallop-ins where you could walk <laughs> from your horse. Of course. Of course. A horse is a horse, of course. There were also fly-ins. I remember this. The fly-ins where pilots could land at an airfield not far away and taxi the plane to the last row of the drive-in and watch it from their airplane. I mean, at the height, drive-ins were in, man. They were the thing to do. (laughs) That's crazy. Did you know? You ever heard the slang term passion pit? Oh, that's a passion pit. You ever heard that before? Mm -mm. I've heard it, but I never knew what it meant. Well, now I know what it means because I had to know what it means. The The slang term passion pit refers to the drive-in theaters, but it was also a great make-out place for adolescents. I can imagine pit. that. You're trapped in the hey, car. Hey, you're the passion pit, man. What's going on? Hey, my windows are fogged up. The dri- Here's another one. The drive-in allowed movies to compete with television. Is It helped the theaters at that point when they started bringing drive-ins because I guess theaters are starting to wane a little when TV was new and came out. So they're like, oh, let's uh, start the drive-ins up. Maybe that'll get people back right. into the theaters again. Actually, I think that's why they made a resurgence again, probably because they're nostalgic for a different reason. And the last one I have is the last one. Yeah, the last one on the list of drive-ins. The popularity of drive-ins faded as land increased in value and no longer made (laughs) economic sense to have a theater there. Uh, Also, more states adopted daylight savings time, which is, oh, I even hate saying the term. And it's saving. There's no N. There's no S at the end of it. Which meant a late start while you waited for a dark sky. So it meant you had to be there later. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I th- also the technology changed too. I mean, walk-in cinemas became much more technologically advanced. It was it was you're guarded from the elements, well, and, think about it. or whatever. In so the you, same amount of room you can have a sixteen it. movie house Metroplex versus having yes. one movie screen. Yeah, which some you know some of them have uh, twin cinema screens. The one in my hometown has two now. I don't know how. I need to look up what drive-in. Maybe maybe this week I'll check and see if I can find out, and I'll put it, I'll put it on Facebook or, or Twitter or something. What was the what was the drive-in record for as many screens were at a drive-in? I know there's some that had more than two or three. Yeah, but which meant a lot of land. I mean, mm-hmm. for each screen, you got to have a lot of room for cars. Right. But for me, I loved as a kid. I've seen. I remember seeing several movies at the drive-in. That hometown drive-in of mine, they were showing in 1980. They didn't get it till 1983, but they did show Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, and I went there and saw it one night. And I had an old car. <laughs> I had a real old car, went by myself. I had my dad's old car. It was an old LTD, uh, Ford LTD. Uh, That's a big car. Yeah, but That's a it only wagon. had an AM radio in it. So I couldn't even listen to the sound 
on the FM radio. They'd already started doing that. And he goes, well, we have three posts left with speakers on it. You'll have to park at one of those and just use the hang-on speaker. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'll hide my face. <laughs> I don't want to be made fun of, but my, if there's no FM in this car. Sorry. But I watched it, but it was a Wrath of Khan. I'd already seen it a couple times anyway, so it was fun to see it there I'm just trying to imagine a car that you would have driven in your age that didn't have FM. That's crazy. It was all we could, all I could get a hold of at the time back when I was in high school. Dang. I had to borrow dad's car. Speaking on there, thanks for listening. Be sure to listen to the podcast. I'm always appreciative when everybody's here on Saturday. We'll see you all next week, and you can hear me on the podcast, too. It's BK on the air. Have a great week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.